What's going on, guys? Welcome back to this week's episode of Outside the Arena with Rob and Griff. I'm Griffin Senek, joined by my co-host, Rob Goldberger. And uh, we are back once again, another week down. Um, a lot of crazy stuff has happened for sure. March Madness still ongoing uh, today. We're filming this on Saturday. Um, I'm assuming this will come out on Sunday. So uh, today is the first day of the Elite Eight, but we've seen the Sweet 16 occur. And uh, I mean, that was a, a very crazy round. I think it's uh, un. No one predicted this would be the Elite Eight, that's for sure. Obviously, St. Peter's has been doing their thing. Other teams, U Miami, UNC have played pretty well. Um, so we're going to talk about that. Obviously, Tyree Kill this week was traded uh, to the Dolphins. We're going to talk about that, what the outlook is. of The outlook after the trade is like for the Dolphins, also for the Chiefs, obviously. And then today we're going to be doing our second mock draft of the year, full 32 teams this time with trades. Um, so that's going to be very exciting as well. So we've got a lot on schedule, but, uh, we will start off with March Madness, the tournament. And, uh, I think, did I share, which thing did I share? Which thing do you see right now? You see the, uh, March Madness? Yeah. Okay, just perfect. That. Yeah. 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 Perfect. Uh, perfect. Yeah. That's what the woman's. That's yeah. That's the woman's bracket. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, we are not going to be talking about the woman's racket today. Um, we're going to be talking about the men's bracket. And I mean, we kind of got to touch on most of these games. First game uh, that we'll talk about though, Arkansas Gonzaga. I mean, this was a, uh, some would say there was definitely some uh, element of a ref show involved in this one, but uh, I mean, this was a, a big win for Arkansas. I mean, this program, I believe this is now back-to-back elite eights for them. I mean, just a, a very sensational job they've been doing. Um, you know, Gonzaga, Chet Holgram, I mean, you see it. He played 24 minutes. This game fouled out early on. I mean, Rob, another year Gonzaga is the favorites. Another year where they disappoint. I mean, what are your thoughts on uh, on the outcome of this game yeah. and and just the Zags as a whole? I think uh, the the refing at the end, like you mentioned, was a little bit questionable, especially those last three fouls on Chet for sure. Uh, because, but to me, Drew Timmy didn't step up. I mean, the stats looked good, but Jalen Williams, who is going to be, I think, a very very good NBA player is one of the best defenders in the country and, and can shoot the ball. I mean, I, this guy is legit. JD Note, obviously 24 years old. He's kind of expected to do this, but he's still, you know, one of the best players in college basketball. And, and listen, I, it's a little hard to get behind the Zags fraud narrative when they do have two championship game appearances in, you know, in the last five years, but at the same time, their tournament results should definitely be way better than they are. Uh, Like, I think last year they kind of ran into an unstoppable Baylor team. And, but, you know, I mean, I, I do have to say one thing. I think you can't really, I, I, you can make the argument that Gonzaga, yeah, they have an easier path to the one season, this and that. But I think this tournament more than any, you should just, that, you know, conferences don't really, aren't really that important. I mean, the Big Ten was considered the best conference in college basketball this year, along with the SEC. And those two conferences have, you know, combined one team in the, in the Elite Eight. So, the ACC was constantly trashed this year. They have three teams in the Elite Eight. So I don't know if I buy that, but uh, I, I think Gonzaga definitely has to start w- w- win that big game soon because the jokes will continue and the stigma will surround the program and that may discourage some recruits. I mean, I'm not really too worried about the Gonzaga program. They'll, con- to, they'll continue to be a one seed until the end of time, but uh, I, I just think they do need to win that bit, get to get back to and win that big game soon. Uh, you know, they, they had a great team last year, great team. 
And I think that's a team that wins a national championship in almost every year. But that Baylor team is just something special, obviously, with Jared Butler and Davion Mitchell. So uh, I do think Gonzaga has, you know, they, they, they've been consistent tournament performers, but they, they, they are a disappointment at the same time, which is a, kind of an anomaly almost. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, the way, you know, after the first two games, um, this isn't something that necessarily surprises me. I mean, yeah. Gonzaga really in those first two games, that first game against the 16 seed, I mean, that was a close game until, you know, the final 10, 12, 13 minutes or so. And then they obviously blew them out from there. But like, you know, a team like Gonzaga, you're not expected to be, you know, held tight to one of these 16 seed teams. And then, um, you know, their second round game, which I believe was against, uh, who did they play? Was it Creighton? I mean, they were losing for most of that game and 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 down and and uh, you know it was a very close game until at the end you know they obviously just pulled forward and, and barely won that game. I mean, this team really did not you know perform uh, too well in this tournament. Obviously, Chet Holgram pounding out. I mean, really changed the course of this game. You know, you see it. He played twenty four minutes. I mean, that just really, really you know was was unfortunate for Gonzaga. But you know, credit to Arkansas. I mean, this was a team that uh, you know for the last two years has had some really good players. Uh, J.D. Note, like you said, I mean, this guy's great. Jalen Williams, another superstar caliber player. I mean, this guy is, uh, you know, those two combined are, are, are legit. And they've got a lot of good guys there, too. I mean, uh, Trey Wade had a good game. Like, you know, you yeah, can see Trey all the Wade. stats. Trey Wade's a great yeah. – he's, he's a very good player. And uh, Arkansas basketball runs a great program. Ever since Eric Musselman has come in, I mean, he's really established himself as one of the best coaches in college basketball. They were yeah. extremely well. They produce NBA talent. Jalen Williams is going to be another NBA guy, so – I mean, I think it's, it's, you know, they're building they potentially, you know, a dynasty to go challenge Kentucky down there in the SEC. So we'll see. <clears throat> yeah. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with Gonzaga. They're always good, obviously, but, you know, Chet will obviously declare for the draft. I don't know. I, Drew Timmy, I'm assuming, is is maybe going to declare yeah, he's, too. Or... He's, um, I'm not sure, actually. I mean, I think he he's only 21 somehow. He seems much older than that, but he's only 21. I think um, it's because of how he looks. He looks old. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and I think he should have been so dominant for someone. But, yeah, um, Drew Timmy, uh, I think – I'm not sure whether he'll be there next year. But, like I said before, the Zags will reload. They recruit ex- – another school that recruits extremely well. They'll And, I mean, they'll, they'll win their conference. So Yeah, and they develop, I mean, some of these guys. So, I mean, Drew Timmy, I mean, I don't really know what, what star recruit he was. But, I mean, I don't think he was anything no, special he, coming out. I don't think he was a uh, – to uh, – to, to, Covetive of a prospect coming out of high school. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just the thing. Corey, you know, Corey Kispert, obviously, last year was a great player for them. No, I don't know about that, Griff. 43rd player in the country. Oh, okay. So, I guess <laughs> I was a four star. Yeah, four star, four star. I just didn't know, to be honest. So, yeah, neither, um, did, I. neither did I. I mean, he'll, uh, I mean, Drew Timmy will be first round selection, you think, right? It's mm, a good question. And I really don't know. I really, I the really NBA, don't. I'll be honest, the NBA draft is so weird because guys do well, but it's like they don't get drafted. Like, I don't know. It, I don't, he's not going to be a first round pick, definitely. I don't think. You don't think? Interesting. I think it'll, it's kind of like a Luca Garza situation, I think. Yeah. Just because he relies on his footwork so much, Drew Timmy, and like that's just not going to be NBA, NBA center. So, yeah. All right. The next game, Villanova, Michigan. I mean, this one, uh, I mean, I feel like there's not even too much to say about this one. I think Villanova is just the better team, the better coach team. They've got the better players. And I think for Michigan, I mean, they put together a nice run after, you know, a really tough season. Hunter Dickinson played well. Eli Brooks, you know, has been good this season. But, um, 
you know, this was just, I, I think this was just a case of this team, you know, they played, they, they won their two games, but they just met a team that, that was just too good for them. And, uh, you know, Villanova, good team. They're going to have a, you know, a very tough test though today with Houston. That's for sure. Yeah. I think this Villanova Houston game has a good chance to be, I think this is the best game of the tournament so far. I'm just going to say it. I mean, I think you arguably have the two best coaches in college basketball and Jay Wright and Kelvin Sampson. Uh, what Houston has done this season is unreal. Five losses the whole year, and their two best players have been out. One of their, I mean, the, the whole season they've been out. Uh, you know, NBA caliber players. They're going to be even better next year, if you can imagine that. Uh, but I got to say, Griff, Nova's my pick tonight. And I know that's, you know, maybe a little bit of that Philly vibes, but I think the experience and the shooting that they have on that team is on my, I think Colin Gillespie is probably the best player in college basketball right now. Uh, really? Yeah. I think he's a Over superstar. guys like Chad and, yeah, yeah, I think in college, listen, was Luca Garza a better college player than Scotty Barnes? Yes. Does that mean that Luca Garza will be better in the NBA than Scotty Barnes? No. I don't even know if Colin Gillespie is an NBA player. Fun fact, he's actually my neighbor, Griffin. If uh, if you didn't, is know he that. actually? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty no cool. way. Yeah. Um, so you you know Colin. Well, I don't know. Like, you know, I, I don't know if I would say, like, I know him too well, but I think definitely, like, it was right up the street for me. So, pretty cool. Like, I've seen him shooting hoops, all that. So, that's awesome. Um, but yeah, I think this team is really deep. And Caleb Daniels is an elite player. I mean, this guy, the, the, the thing with Nova is their experience, man. They, 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 these guys have all been there forever, uh, yeah. you know. And it, the way, Nova basketball is run. is just crazy. I mean, they're, they're arguably the best run program in the country, two titles in the last six years. Uh, I mean, they're going for their third and six years. Actually they're going for their third and six years right now, which is pretty crazy. Uh, they're a basketball powerhouse. I mean, I, I think that I, I would say they're my favorites to win it all right. As of right now, I don't, I think they just, I just, for me, I just don't think I, I actually picked them to win before the start of the tournament. I think, I just don't think anybody else has the experience combined with the talent. And I think I mentioned it before, but Jay Wright, I think is the best coach in college basketball. So I, I think it, the X factor for Nova is Eric Dixon, another guy who grew up close to me, went to Abington high school. It's the same school. So uh, sorry, little tangent, but, uh, 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 but Eric Dixon is the X factor for this team. If he can shoot the ball and if he can batting with the best in the paint, especially tonight, I think this team has a very good shot at winning the championship. And I think he's very capable of that. So we will see tonight. Obviously that is a uh, big game. I need Houston to win, to be honest, for uh, uh, my bracket and uh, you know, to, to help me out here, but uh, another game here, this one, I think a lot of people thought this might be coach K's last game ever coaching, but the Duke blue devils and, uh, and Paolo, uh, you know, they pulled through, they played a really good game here. They beat Texas tech. I mean, Texas tech at the end of this game, and I honestly, I'm going to be honest, before this game, I hadn't really watched much of Texas Tech this season or in the tournament. I didn't realize that Kevin Obenar was, uh, you know, he transferred from Oral Roberts. I totally did not realize that. It's no, so yeah. funny. No, Texas but, um, is full of transfers. But um, Bryson Williams, number 11, was the big – I think he should have been the Big 12 player of the year. He is serious talent. He's old, but he is serious, serious talent. Um but for me, you know, Texas Tech, they weren't bad in this game at all, I, I didn't think. I thought that – I think they're one of the – Mark Adams, their coach, it's his first year coaching. I think he's one of the best coaches in the country already. Um, uh, I, I think I, – I just think it was tough because 
Duke didn't miss a shot the last seven and a half minutes of this game. You're not going to beat uh, you. You can't win. Like you can't beat a team. That's not going to miss shots. And Paulo and Jeremy Roach were the difference makers. I mean, you saw why Paulo, a lot of people think Paulo should be the number one pick in this draft. He took over at the end of this game on both ends of the floor. I mean, he can make shots from anywhere on the floor. Um, and Jeremy Roach, after losing his starting spot in the ACC tournament, has, has just completely showed up in this NCAA tournament. And he really took over at the end of this game. He had a couple clutch threes. Uh, you know, Paulo really hit, hit the, I think, what was the clutchest shot of the game. And uh, Texas Tech had some momentum there up too. And Paulo sort of just hit a three to uh, silence him. And I think, uh, you know, you saw why a lot of the guys, a lot of people think this guy should be the number one pick. They beat, I think these are two of the best teams in the country. I think Texas Tech put up a really great effort, but it's hard to beat a team when they're just not missing shots. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Texas Tech at the end of this game, if I believe I remember correctly, kind of just, I think they just got cold at the end of this game. And, yeah, and I mean, like you said, I mean, Duke, they they were just consistent. They got to the free throw line more. And they had, uh, they had 49 yeah. points in the second half. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to beat a team when they're, when they're that offensively dominant. And I mean, Duke hit the shots when it mattered most. And at the end of the day in this tournament, yeah. that's what matters most. But, uh, you know, Texas Tech, really good basketball team. Um, you know, we'll see what happens uh, with some of these guys, <clears throat> whether they're there next year or not. But, uh, you know, it should be a fun team to watch. Um, and, yeah, moving on. <clears throat> I mean, another one seed here losing. Arizona to Houston. I mean, Arizona, a lot of people thought this team could win the tournament. Um, you know, they had they had a tough – I believe they're – who'd they play last round? That was TCU. Hall almost. Or TCU. Really TCU. Yeah. I mean, that was a very close game. And Houston in this game, I mean, I'm going to be honest, I didn't – get to catch most of this game i was on unfortunately could not watch most of it um so i mean i'll let you break this one down i don't really have too much to say since i didn't watch most of it um i'm gonna confess that i also didn't watch most of it but uh i i wasn't too surprised by the result like i said i think houston is one of the best coach teams in the country i think that's what matters this late in the year especially in college uh, in the in the tournament i think um Houston just has guys that have, I mean, Tajay Moore is, I know that those three points are not, <laughs> is not, listen, this guy is a star, Griffin. This guy is, is really good. And Jamal Sheet is completely stepped up since the injury disaster. I think Houston is very capable of winning it all. Uh, like, even though I just picked Nova, but I think no, the winner of this Nova Houston game really is a good shot uh, of winning it all. And I think at the end of the day, um, if you're going to just switch it over to Arizona real quick. Uh, if you could switch, just switch over. Oh yeah, yeah, Turbellus, who's been one, of, you know, he's been a consistent player this year. Terrible. He was over eight with four turn, or he ended up being over eight with four turnovers. I think. Um, you know, these guys beside Ben Matherin. I mean, Benedict Matherin is going to be an NBA player, uh, as is Christian Coloco. But I don't really think. Creesa and Turbellis, Turbellis had to step up to win this, to, you know, to win, to, to uh, carry Arizona deep in the tournament. And, you know, they're part of the reason why, why they only lost three games this year. I mean, but a lot of people saw that, saw this Arizona turnover problem coming. They really couldn't take care of the ball in the regular season, even though, like I said, they went 31 and three in the regular season and it, it really came back to bite them uh, again. They had 14 turnovers. I mean, uh, they didn't lose the turnover battle too badly, but uh, they I, shot I, the ball bad. Thirty-three yeah, percent can't win a game if you shoot thirty-three percent in the tournament. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Um, Arizona just not good enough, and Houston, yeah. Houston is not properly seated. Uh, clearly, yeah, they're not I mean, a the five. Yeah, clearly, 
Um, all right. Moving on to the games yesterday. And I mean, I mean, I mean, this was St. Peter's. I mean, this is just pure insanity at this point. I mean, yeah. the thing about this team is, is they are legitimately very good. And, and honestly, yeah. I mean, I'm not even trying to say this, but they could win the tournament at this point. Like they've beaten three yeah, no, very good teams. And, yeah. and I, I don't think there's any game that they're not in. I mean, this team, and honestly, this was a game, this was their worst game in the tournament. Like they did not play a good game. They did not shoot the basketball very well. I mean, six for 21 from three. It didn't help that okay. Purdue was also right. five for 21. But look at that. That The big stat there is their free throw shooting. And that's the sign of a well-coached team. I mean, 90% from the line in a game like this. And then you look at the turnover battle. I mean, this, I mean, I mean Purdue had the rebound advantage yeah, they had, I mean, but the turnovers were just. St. Peter's is stopping like future NBA stars. Jaden Ivey is going to be a star in the NBA. And, and he, he was, was a living. disaster in this game. He was, he was, he was a ghost. I mean, Zach Eady, another star. These are two of the best players in the Big Ten all year long. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, you know, Clarence Rupert for, for St. Peter's, I think he's a guy who, if Shaheen Holloway does leave and maybe St. Peter's does not return to this province again, he's a guy who I think could probably transfer to to a bigger college. He's only a freshman, and I think he's one of the best players on their team. He had all he had, he had some, some offers coming out. I mean, he was offered by Georgia and Wichita State, so – uh, pretty interesting that he decided to go to St. Peter's, but that, that's what's awesome about it. It all paid off. I mean, yeah. a lot of these, uh, you have guys like that, and then you have guys who most of these guys only had, you know, a couple offers. Uh, yeah. Daryl Banks being an example of that, who's been maybe their best player besides Del Yetter the whole tournament. I mean, uh, and then and, and, and Del is just, he's clutch, man. He's clutch. He doesn't miss those big shots. I mean, the thing about St. Peter's, we mentioned it uh, on last week's pod is that, they're beating I don't know how to make this sound how this sounds but they're beating these teams in a legit fashion like they're not just shooting them out of the gym they're uh you know the their offensive sets that they run I said it last week but they're 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 really good offensive sets I mean that they are a legit team I think like you said a team that is not rely solely on an unbelievable shooting run like St. Peter's they only shot what 30% from three this game 35% from three this game not they shot 28% from three, but 39% 20%. from the field. That's, yeah, they didn't shoot the ball well at all. <laughs> they didn't shoot the ball well at all. And, you know, it's not common. You don't see that often of of uh, of a team that, that is going on a run like this. And I think that's what that's the difference between them and even, you know, the Oral Roberts or the Florida Gulf Coast of the world. So I, I think it's really, really interesting. Yeah, I mean, this is a game where if you told someone before the game that, you know, St. Peter's would shoot 39% against a team like Purdue, yeah, who me, is just let, so elite offensively. Yeah. Let me confess. Win, I, thought this, I mean, I, I thought that I thought this was the game that St. Peter's run was coming to it. And I'm not going to lie. I was a big believer in Purdue. I was, I, I didn't know how they were going to be able to stop Zach Eady, but they did. Um, and and uh, listen, all credit to St. Peter's. And uh, this is one of the greatest runs, maybe the greatest. It's Cinderella the greatest run. run. Yeah. Easily. I think. Yeah. A 15 yeah. seed. In yeah, the Elite Eight. It's insane. Yeah. 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 I mean, I I believe they play UNC. I mean, that's going to be a good game. I mean, UNC has played very, very well. We'll yeah, talk about them in a second. Good, they've been playing but, some good basketball. I mean, yeah. last game was not their best, though. Even though they won, last game was uh, – I mean, they beat a really, Caleb, Caleb Love, though, is just – I mean, Gareth, they beat a really, really good UNC. We, we, we can go to that game now. We can, we can, we can go I over mean, the – Kansas Providence, to be honest, like I feel like there's not even that much to talk about. Like Providence is it was a good team. Providence. They came back. Yeah, they did. Uh, they. I was surprised Providence took the lead late in the second half, but they did. And then 
but that that shows the dominance of Kansas. I mean, guys like OJ OJ Abaji and you know they, they, Bill Self is just an unbelievable yeah. coach. I think Kansas is going to be. It, I don't know how pretty it's going to be if Kansas and St. Peter's end up playing. Uh, <laughs> is that that would be what it would be? Kansas St. Peter's. I know. I think that would be. I think I believe that would be the matchup in the national championship. Game <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know about all that. All right. Well, this game was, uh, I mean, sensational. And honestly, in this game, I mean, the guy, obviously, Caleb Love, these last few yeah. games has been uh, sensational. But Brady Manick, the guy who was really hot against Baylor, I mean, Brady Manick was, to be honest, a ghost in this game. Like, he he was missing I shots. and Harsh Griffey at 13 and 8. I mean, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah but he was missing big shots. No, he was not. It wasn't the game. Caleb Love, difference maker, obviously, shot after shot. But let me say, I, I'm a little disappointed in UCLA. I have to be honest. They played well, to be honest, though. I thought this was their best game they played the in the game. tournament. They disappeared at the end of the game. They did. They did. They but they, I mean, look, they shot 45% from the field. The problem is you got they eight free throws. They didn't make enough shots at the end of the game. Yes. They, I mean, they went cold, obviously. I think. But, I mean, at the start of this game, I mean, this team was hitting right, shots. UNC was just matching them. I can't. This North Carolina team is really good. They have a lot. They have, they have NBA talent. And NBA talent. Is dirt is dangerous in the tournament. Uh, like Caleb Love is that dude. Talk about a highly recruited guy. 14th, you know, 27 offers coming out of school, 14, you know, 14th ranked recruit in the country. He's a five star. He's legit. He is legit and he's gonna play in the NBA. And uh I think Armando that 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 front court duo of Baycott and Manic when they're on Baycott played well. I was hating on him last yeah. game, but uh at the Baylor game, but I mean he he put up a strong performance. This one, yeah, for sure. I think you can the, see why he's an NBA guy. The, the, yeah, for sure. I think the uh, this is a great tournament because any of these teams are truly capable of winning. I mean, I mean, only one one seed left. I mean, you. I, I remember except for you, Miami. Game. I don't think you, Miami, is going to win the tournament. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you. you listen, Griff. Though I I saw something. So you, Miami, made the switch to this. They were bad, really bad, the first three months of the year, and they make this switch to the ninety to this small ball lineup and like they start averaging 90 a game in, in conference play and they start beating the crap out of other teams in the ACC. We'll I see. don't know. We'll see. Listen, Miami, see. Is, Miami has kind of been running teams out of the gym though, Griff. Two games they have. Now. They beat – Iowa State's a good team and they were, they beat them bad. They, they crushed Auburn in the game. Of, listen, I'm not, we'll see. We'll see. Because there's a scenario where you have three out of four ACC teams after the ACC is getting trashed the entire season, which is pretty crazy to think about. Yeah, it is. It really is. I mean, this game, I mean, UCLA, um, I mean, they've not played great this whole tournament. I mean, you look at that game against Akron, it was kind of a sloppy win. Um, who did St. Mary's? I mean, that was – they won. They, that was their, they, did beat, they did beat St. Mary's pretty, pretty handily. I mean, they put up a good performance, but this game, I mean, they, they shot well, but like you said, I mean, they fell asleep at the end of the game and I don't know they what led, we'll see, they, you know, Johnny Juzang. They led for most of this game. So it's, it's they did. Sort of a, and North Carolina. Of I mean, North Carolina and the final few minutes, they were always kind of down. They would go down five, six, but yeah, like you said, I mean, yeah. Caleb love, this guy's just a difference maker. And I mean, once he gets hot, this guy's confidence is just insane. Like he would shoot any shot he took. Yeah. I mean, he would just get there and he would shoot and, a lot of them went in. I mean, he played sensational. And I think that's the thing about this North Carolina team is they've got X factors. I mean, Caleb Love right now is playing as good as anyone in this tournament. And I think it's a pretty safe bet that he's going to be playing well. He obviously had a bad first half, but you see how he recovered. 
But I mean, when they've got guys like Brady Manick, who, I mean, if this guy catches fire, we saw, I mean, they got a 25 point lead over a one seed Baylor team because this guy was hot, but because, I mean, this guy's, if this guy is on the free, I, I think it, the greatest scenario of all time is if this guy's on the free throw line with the national championship and balance, like this guy might be one of the, he, I'll be honest, his free throw shooting is like, it's hard to watch. Like it, it's really bad at times, but he's a good player. Otherwise, is it, is it Ben Simmons level is, bad? Is it Ben Simmons level bad? I think if you put him in the league, I think it's, yeah, it's going to get there. But um, I mean, look, he, <laughs> you see what makes him special, but his free throw shooting is, is just future. But this team, I mean, Leaky Black's a great defender. RJ Davis is a, you know, he can get buckets. I mean, this is a really good team, like you said, and a lot of NBA talent. And I'm excited to watch them against St. Peter's. I honestly think it's going to be a very is, tough game for St. Peter's. I think UNC is, it's crazy how the narrative flips. Because, Griff, in, in, in early January, People were like laughing at the idea of UNC as a tournament team. Yeah. And this is people were calling, you know, obviously UNC had been a perennial one seed for, for a pretty long period of time in the, in the 2010s. So yeah. uh, I think, you know, that people were calling for the new coach's head and he's really turned it around. And it just shows yeah. that NCAA tournament can flip narratives, baby, and they can flip them fast. So I mean, yeah, you see the St. Peter's head coach. I mean, I don't think there was anything bad against them, but. I mean, that guy is he was not, he, he he actually, set up for a. Yeah, he funny enough, funny enough. He actually had like a uh, pre-agreement with Seton Hall before the tournament even started to go there. So I think he's because he is a he is a Seton Hall alum. Uh, and like that was that was sort of sort of sort of predetermined. So. We'll see. But um, I mean, do you want to talk about I, the Miami I, game or? I, I didn't. I was sleeping for the SAT. Yeah, I didn't watch most of it. So we'll just skip that. I mean. It's going to be – this Elite Eight is, is insane. It's it's going to be super fun to watch. Obviously, Houston, Villanova set to tip off in about an hour or so, so that's very exciting. Um, I mean, what's your – real quick, what's your final four? Um, you don't have to explain it too much, but who do you think wins these games? Yeah, I'll take Nova, Duke. I'm going to sign – I'm going chalk here. I'll, I'll take chalk. I'm going to chalk then. Nova, Duke, UNC, Kansas. So, yeah. I'm gonna, I think Houston is going to pull it off. This tournament has just been so weird to me. I think we're going to see Houston. I think we're going to see – I think it's Coach K's time. I think he's done. I think it's going to be Arkansas. I think we're going to see UN I, – I love St. Peter's. I want to pick them, but I think UNC is just going to be – it's too much. And then I'm going to take Kansas, I think. Um, I think that Duke game's going to be a very close game. Though. I think yeah, that's I think going to be – those These games tonight are going to be awesome, so – very. And I, I mean, I'm definitely biased in what I'm saying for what I need for uh, my bracket, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be fun. And uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about, you know, the elite eight final four on uh, you know, next week's episode, but with that, we are going to move on. Cause I don't want this episode to drag me. So to do a, a 32 team mocker, which is uh, going to be, uh, <laughs> that's going to take a bit of time, but real quick Tyree kill. I mean, this was mind blowing. It kind of just happened all of a sudden now a Miami dolphin. I mean, this is a, uh, a situation now where Tua Tagovailoa is uh, truly in the hottest seat in the NFL, and if he doesn't produce this year, he is absolutely going to be gone. Um, but the Miami Dolphins, I mean, can you throw them? Do you think this team is a serious contender in the AFC or with Tua quarterback? You still think that they're uh, they're not there? And then we'll talk about the Chiefs after that. I think no, I don't think I don't have any faith in this team at all. <laughs> being led by Tua. Um... I think they're pretty elite almost everywhere else, except maybe that offensive line. But 
nah, not with him at quarterback. Sorry, I he doesn't he doesn't move me. I you're, he's not they're not going to compete with the big dogs of the AFC. They they need a quarterback, and they're going to get go get one after this year, and then they'll be serious contenders. That's my yeah. that's that's all I got to say about it. And and I, I I like to move for Miami. I by the yeah. by the way, I like to move for Miami for sure. I think this is a team that honestly can can probably make the playoffs and probably might honestly. Um, yeah, because I think I think, I think Mike McDaniel, yeah. Mike McDaniel is such an offensive genius, and I think that what he's going to be able to do with guys like Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill, I think he's going to simplify it for a guy like Tua. But the difference is, I, I just don't think Tua can go and win a playoff game. I think you can get a scheme for him that works, but it only works so much. I mean, we saw Jimmy G. He obviously won a few playoff games, that Packers game, to be honest. I think if the weather was different, I think they would have lost that game, if I'm being 100% honest. But we saw, I mean, Mike McDaniel, he can win playoff games with no matter who's at QB. He, he can simplify the system for bad QBs. And I think we'll see that with Tua. I think Tua will honestly, he will look good in the system because it's going to be one where, you know, with guys like Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, Mike Kosicki, I mean, this guy's going to be set up for success. If he's bad, he's just a horrific NFL quarterback and he should never play in the NFL again. He should just retire. Because, <laughs> I mean, this is like the ultimate dream for a quarterback, I think, is being in this system with Mike McDaniel and having these weapons. Um, I mean, you got Mike, you saw what Mike McDaniel did with Debo, and now it's like he's got two of this, two Debo's almost. I mean, it's crazy. He's got two Tyree um, kills. He's got two, yeah, two Tyree. Yeah. I mean, it's and uh, Mike Gesicki. I mean, it, it's Mike Gesicki. I mean, he's not George Kittle, but you could say he's, he's no, similar he's really in that regard. Player. Yeah. I mean, this is, uh, Mike, Mike McDaniel's in a great spot too is, I mean, I'm excited to see what, what's going to happen. I just don't think two is good enough to really win playoff games. I think this team's going to be good. I just don't think two is good enough still. Um, and we'll see what Miami does. I mean, I think, oh my God, I mean, if you put Deshaun Watson, let's say Miami traded for Deshaun Watson instead of the Browns. If you put Deshaun Watson on the team, that's a, a like a top three team in the NFL potentially. In all yeah. honesty, I mean, put, we saw the way that defense. I mean, you, Brian yeah. Flores isn't there. I think but. if you put Derek Carr on that team, I'd be inclined to maybe even call them favorites in that, like not favorites, but you know, they contend in the conference if Derek Carr was their quarterback. I don't think people understand how, like, how is Tua going to get the ball downfield? That's well, I think they're just going to run a lot of short pass, which is what we saw with Jimmy G. Like Jimmy G didn't really get the ball downfield that much occasionally. Yeah, but, why, but why are they limiting themselves to Tua? I would even Got draft it. a quarterback. Right. Imagine if this team drafted Herbert instead of Tua. Oh my God. I don't even blame them for that, though, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, I'm. it's obviously a hypothetical, but, I mean, just imagine, man. Oh, my God. But, uh, I mean, <laughs> now talking about yeah. the Chiefs. They probably, uh, don't I mean, make that high, they probably don't even make the Tyree Kill trade, though, because he probably makes all their other weapons look pretty good. Yeah, but, I mean, let's talk about the Chiefs here. I mean, this is yeah, all of yeah. a sudden the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't, I don't know if I can say this team's – even with Patrick Mahomes, I mean, it's so hard to say they're not the favorite to win the A. I mean, I, I'll be honest. I, I guess I'll still favor them to win the AFC West because of how good Mahomes is. I don't think I can say they're AFC favorites anymore, though. I think this offense, I mean, Tyree Kill, he's a great player. But, I mean, replacing him with Marcus Valdez-Scantling and Juju Smith-Schuster, I mean, I'm definitely worried about the Chiefs. What about you? I'm definitely worried about the Chiefs. I'm definitely interested. I'm just very interested to see how that offense looks, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think we're going to find – I'm not even going to say we're going to find a lot of things about Patrick Mahomes out this year. We know Patrick Mahomes is the elite, the elite of the elite with or without Tyree Kill. I think it's a matter of, you know, whether the rest of the offense functions, to be honest. I think, you know, how open is – totally that, different. How open is Travis Kelsey going to be able to get? I mean, 
I, I think definitely I understand why the Chiefs didn't want to pay Tyreek Hill, but man, he is really one of the most un- irreplaceable players in the NFL. He really is. Um, and and I, I, I do think that the Chiefs, I just think the Chiefs, I, I just can't count them out in the AFC. I think yeah. I, I'm just very interested to see what their offense looks like before I make a prediction about the team because when you have a quarterback that good, I mean, this can be said of Rodgers, Brady, you know, the elite of the elite, the guys who you will count on to win a Super Bowl. And I think, like, this will be said of, like, a guy like uh, like Joe Burrow in time even is, like, if you have a guy like him and Justin Herbert as well, like, if you have a guy like him, you're never out of it. And I think yeah. that's the case with the Chiefs. So, yeah. I mean, it's weird. I see a reality now where, where the Las Vegas Raiders could win this. I think the Chargers might honestly win. Yeah, I would imagine the Chargers are the favorite. They have game. done such a good job this offseason and still have a very prime first-round pick. I mean, look, the way uh, the way Brett Veach has drafted recently, I mean, he hit an absolute home run with his draft last year. You give him three extra picks this year, two more in future years. I mean, this guy is set up to really hit big on some of these picks. I know they're late picks, but – I think the Kansas City, you know, scouting department and front office has done an incredible job recently. So I think they're going to do well on these picks. I think it's just losing Tyree Kill is like he's irreplaceable. He's he's not a guy you can just replace. And I think that they're going to try to replace him with guys like Scantling. And you know, I was I was I thought the Juju signing was great because I was saying after you know their game against the Bengals, they just need more NFL wide receivers. But you take away Tyree Kill, and it's like all of a sudden this offense is just so different, and it's going to be t- completely different this year different this year. I mean, Demarcus Robinson's gone. Tyree Kill's gone. Byron Pringle's gone. Um, they just signed Ronald Jones. I mean, this is going to be totally different. It's a complete overhaul on offense. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm very curious to see what happens. I, I honestly don't know if they're the favorites in the AFC West anymore, but like you said, you can't count them out. And, and I'm very, I'm, I'm, I'm so interested to see what happens because all of a sudden I feel like, I, I feel like all of a sudden their championship window is like, it's not closed, obviously, with Mahomes, but like no, realistically, like, yeah. I, I don't think they can come out of the AFC right now. You lose arguably outside of Mahomes, two of your best three players, I think, in Tyron Matthew this offseason and Tyree Kill. That's huge. I mean, that is a big, big difference. Brett Veach is, you know, he's in a, a huge spot where he's got to draft well. I mean, he has got to hit on those picks. Absolutely has to hit on that. Clyde Edwards, we talked about it before, but it just looks really bad. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, what he's like done in this offense essentially. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they just signed Ronald Jones, you'd imagine. I know, yeah, so like you said, completely different offense. I'm interested to see how Juju plays next year, to be honest. I think, yeah, I thought he was going to really do well with, with Reek and Kelsey there, man. I thought he was, but now all of a sudden it's like he has to be the guy, which is not good for him. I don't know, maybe Josh is Josh Gordon going to step up. He can stay. He can stay clean for more than three games. They'll draft Josh, a wide receiver, obviously. But you know, as you know, as a Browns guy, but Josh Gordon at his peak, man, that dude. But he's not at his. Let's be real. He hasn't. Been no, 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 no. Of course, but I'm. 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 I'm nostalgia. I'm going into some nostalgia here. Yeah. Uh, he could have been the goat. He could have been up there with the goats if he if he had been able to. Uh, his, his 2013 season. Look at that. Look at his 2000. Yeah. He's crazy. Crazy stuff. All right. So with that, I think we will uh, transition to the mock draft part of the uh, the segment. Um, 
All right. So I think uh, I'll start. I'll share first here. Um, and we can we can go, uh, you know, we'll go, I think, for we'll do five picks in a row. And then the last one we'll just do. I mean, the last one I have like 10 in a row. But um, for, for start, we'll do five picks in a row. Um, do you have your thing pulled up, Rob? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it up. Okay. Up. Sounds good. So mock draft 2.0. Um, I think it went, but okay. Jacksonville Jaguars. Here we go. Um, you know, their, their off season was interesting. Obviously they signed a lot of players. Um, they went out and signed or put the franchise tag on Cam Robinson, I believe. And, uh, I think we'll, we'll both agree with this pick that it, wait, I'm trying to get my, like, all right, we're just gonna have to click on it. It's Aiden Hutchinson for the first overall selection. I think this is, a uh, is chalk. Like they say at this point, um, you know, I think, uh, I think Aiden Hutchins is going to go number one. I think he's an excellent player, and I don't really think there's too much to explain there. Uh, number two, Detroit Lions. This is a fascinating pick for me. I think there's not a clear-cut player. Um, you know, I, I think real, they could. I got a real surprise at this pick. I'll just let you. I'll just let you know. I kind of do too, to be honest. I wonder now if we pick the same player, but maybe not. I think we, I yeah, I think we might have. I think we might have. Um, but for my number two overall pick, I'm going with Trayvon yes, Walker. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, Trayvon Walker. I think this team desperately needs Ed Rusher, if we're being honest. I, I don't I can't see Kyle Hamilton going at this pick. I think after Jeff Okuda went at three and kind of the disaster. I think I still think he could be a good player, but that's been a nightmare for them. I don't think they're gonna go for a safety. They need an edge rusher. Their O line is pretty good, so I don't think they'll take a tackle. Trayvon Walker, I mean, this guy is just impressed. He was impressive all season. Obviously, it was a little tough for him to pad the stats with some of those beasts of, on the yeah. Georgia D-line. But, um, I mean, this guy in, his, in, in the combine was just sensational. You've only heard good things about him. I think his stock is through the roof. I think this guy will be the number two overall pick. Uh, and, yeah, next pick, Houston. Um, I think they could really use a, a defensive end. I just don't see them going with Kayvon Thibodeau here. So, I'm going to give them Ikem Ikuanu. They now have two first-round picks, though, too. They have that Browns pick. Um, I think Quanu is going to be the first tackle taken on the board. I think this guy's sensational. Um, I mean, you hear everything, good combine, you know, good, good in his interviews. I think this guy's a sensational player. Um, so I think he goes number three, number four. Um, oh, well, there it says, there we go. Now the, now the mouse is, or the keys are working. Uh, New York Jets, uh, you know, already revealed it, but I think they got to take Kyle Hamilton here. I think they could go for a tackle here. Um, obviously they do have that 10th pick. I just see them going with Hamilton. I think, you know, he fills a big need. I think he is a, you know, defensive superstar that I think the Jets, you know, I haven't been on the train of, of them picking Hamilton, but I think they need playmakers. They need difference makers. I think they've, you know, done a good job of building their lines and whatnot. I mean, they've got guys on both both ends of the defensive and offensive line. So I'm going to go with Kyle Hamilton. I think he's a difference maker on defense. And then lastly, for the fifth pick for the New York Giants, this team needs a right tackle. They'll take Evan Neal. This is a, a match made in heaven, I think, for the New York Giants. A superstar player. He can go on the opposite end of Andrew Thomas. And uh, this is a home run pick for the New York Giants. I think this is exactly what they need. And, uh, you know, they pick at seven as well. Um, so, you know, huge for them. Um, and I'll turn the ball over to you for uh, your first five. Let me just share the screen here. Continue. All right. So I am going to agree with Griffin here. I have Aiden Hutchinson going first overall. And uh, like I said, this guy's stock has risen dramatically. And I think, uh, listen, 
I don't, I'm not so sure I understand it. <laughs> arguing a predictive drop mind draft, and that's what we're doing. I, I, I've got him, I, I've got him going number two overall. The plugged in draft guys, all of them say that this is the, this is going to be the pick. Um, the teams fall in love with intangibles, and you know, maybe that's the best strategy. Josh Allen, all Josh, Termon Walker to me is almost like a defensive version of Josh Allen. Not the one on the Jaguars because he already plays defense. But uh, <laughs> if that makes sense, he's kind of – he has a lot of the role tools, but he really is a role player. But if it develops, I mean, he can be even better than Hutchinson and Thibodeau, and I think that's what the Lions are betting on. Uh, and I think they're they're also betting, like you mentioned, that, you know, a lot of his talent wasn't be able to showcase because he's playing alongside so many studs. Uh, uh, you know, Georgia, they, they're going to have a few first round picks on that defense. So uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Trevon Walker here. And then I'm actually going to go a little different than you are. And I'm going to, uh, I think KT stock has been falling in recent weeks, but I, I've got him here going to the Texans. They desperately need an edge rusher desperately. Um, and I think it's pretty crazy that the first three guys in the draft, I think are all going to be edge rushers. And I think it's on for me, sorry about that. <laughs> it's almost set in stone it's almost set in stone uh i really do i think the texans are going with Thibodeau here um yeah and i actually agree with you here griff i i have the i have the jets taking kyle hamilton i think they need secondary they, they need secondary help uh especially marcus may is gone where marcus may sign with the he went to the saints yeah saints saints they right. did sign the jets did sign jordan whitehead though oh they the did bottom. that's right that's right but uh, I still think they need they they, they need help back there. Um, a, a Sauce Gardner pick wouldn't surprise me here either, to be hundred percent honest. Um, but yeah, I think Kyle Hamilton is going to be the guy. I think I've said it before. I think Griffith said it. We, we love Hamilton as a prospect. I think he's going to be maybe the best player in this whole draft. And I think you know if safety was a little more valued of a position in the NFL uh, today, he he might even be in consideration for the number one overall pick. But number four is a nice consolation. Um, and yeah, like you said, I think uh, I'm sorry. You know, ours are very similar, except for except for one. But yeah, I, that's how it always ends up being really around the top of the draft at the end of the day. Uh, so I, I'm gonna go with Iki Iquani here too. I think, you know, I think he sort of solidifies himself as the top top tackle in this draft over Evan Neal. And both of these guys are fantastic products, and the Giants are thrilled that yeah that they these guys both fell to them. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go with. Uh, Equan in here. All right. So uh well, with that, I'll shift. Or oh yeah, why don't you go for your next or five? Do you want do you want to go? I, I I think you wanna go. You go for your next five and then I'll do five. Yeah, that's fine. You go for your next five. All right. Um and I think the Panthers have the most obvious selection of the night here. Uh if if Malik Willis, I gotta say, I think Malik Willis is gonna be that they're taking a quarterback here. But you know, I was I was going through this before before Griff. And I thought, do they like Kenny Pickett? Because I think they like I think they like Kenny Pickett. I, I do. I think they, there's been a lot of stuff about it. What do you think here? What are you thinking? I think I think between the, the the Willis Pickett debate at six has been really crossing me up for for a while. I mean, I I, I do not have a quarterback at this pick. Really, I do not. Really? I'm gonna go with Malik Willis here. Um, I don't know. That's gonna to be workshopped later, obviously. But yeah, and then I I, I think yeah, I don't like Trevor Penning falling out of my top six based on what's happened. But that's that seems that seems to be what, what what's happened here. Um, so 
for my next pick, I'm going to go for the Giants. Sorry, I got to scroll down. And I'm going to go with Drake London here, actually. I think he's a guy, another guy whose stock has been rapidly, rapidly rising. Um, and I think the Giants, I mean, talk about a team who needs a wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, and I think, I think the, 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 the Falcons go Jermaine Johnson here for me. Um, I think they need another team that needs an edge desperately. Um, and I think they have a lot of needs, but the, uh, this is another guy, Jermaine Johnson, who a lot of teams like his upside. I think, I think a lot of teams are very, they, they're very, I think this is a guy who is another guy. Who I think we could, could go way higher than where I have him right now. I got to say, I think he's potentially going to be one of the top prospects taken. And then uh, next year, I, I am going to take Trevor Penning for the Seattle Seahawks. And this is a guy who I believe can go in the top five to be hundred percent, to be hundred percent honest with you. Um, I, I, a lot of people have had him over Evan Neal Griffin in a lot of these plugged in draft guys. And that's who you got to pay attention to. I think a guy like Daniel Jeremiah is a guy who usually knows what he's talking about. And he's had, he had Trevor Penning at five in his latest mock draft. So I'm, I, I think there, there's a real chance that, uh, that, that, that's, that's what takes place here. Um, for this Jets, uh, for this Jets pick, uh, I think they'd be thrilled with a lot of these guys. They they, they need help, I think, or if they just need some general overall help that, down there. And uh, for uh, I'll toss it over you in a sec for this Jets pick, but I think, man, I'm gonna go. I think I'll go with Garrett Wilson here. Be honest with you, I think they want to get Zach Wilson help. And I think they're pretty upset that they missed on a Tyreek because based on the reporting, it seems like they were misled a little bit, uh, a lot maybe. And they want wide receiver help. And I think they're going to go with wide receiver help with one of these two picks here. And I think Hamilton and Wilson for them in those top two picks is a hell of a haul. So. All right. Very interesting. Um, I'll pull up. I believe this is my second one. Here we go. Can you see it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see it? Yeah. All right, perfect. All right, number six, Carolina Panthers. Like I said, I do not have them taking a quarterback. I think – I don't know. I, I just don't think this team is uh, – I think they're going to go with Sam Darnold to start the year, from being 100% honest. I, I think that this pick, they're going to go with Charles Cross, the offensive tackle from Mississippi State. I personally – I'm not as high on Trevor Penning as you are. Um, I think he's going to go a little bit later. I think he's a great player. Um, but I think Charles Cross goes here. I, I just think the Panthers need that open, offensive line help that – that offensive tackle spot is just – it's just a nightmare for them. Um, I think I, – I, I don't know. I, I just don't have a feeling I, – I don't think they want a rookie quarterback, if I'm being honest. I think they want someone who's a little more experienced, even if they have to wait another season and try and find someone or figure something out. I think they're just going to – I don't think they want to reset with a rookie quarterback with this current roster because they do have a lot of good players. They do have a roster that will compete if they have the right quarterback. So I just don't know if they're going to trust one of these quarterbacks at this spot, but – this is my first trade of the day with this next pick. And I have the Pittsburgh Steelers trading up all the way from 20. Um, I don't specifically know what they would give. Obviously, probably potentially two first-round picks for the New York Giants, um, who would trade back again. But they already obviously did select uh, Evan Neal in this draft. I have Pittsburgh trading up. And I think – I mean, Pittsburgh is just in love with Malik Willis. They're not going to get him at 20. So, clearly, this team would have to trade up. I think they're going to trade up to number seven. I think Malik Willis here – is where he's going to go, the first quarterback off the board. 
I think, uh, you know, I think they like Mitch Trubisky um, in Pittsburgh. I think they, you know, Mitch Trubisky would probably start the season and they develop Malik Willis a little bit. But I think this team is, you know, Mike Tomlin loves Malik Willis. I think this team loves Malik Willis. I expect Malik Willis here for the Steelers. Um, number eight, Atlanta Falcons. I mean, this is – I actually disagree with you. I think this is uh, 100% going to be a wide receiver. Yeah, I kind of um, – yeah, yeah, I kind of I kind of. I mean, they've got literally no one there. I think, you know, I think they're going wide receiver. And, uh, you know, last mock draft, I had Drake London being the first receiver off the board. I'm switching it up uh, today, and I'm going with Garrett Wilson. I think Garrett Wilson is just such a stud, and I think Drake London's great, but I think Garrett Wilson, man, I, I think he is uh, the real deal. I think that, you know, he's he's shown everything. I think Drake London's a superstar, um, but I don't know. I think they'll just take Garrett Wilson here. Just one of those things that I just have a gut feeling with. I just think Garrett Wilson's the guy. Um, Seattle Seahawks here. I mean, this is a, a pick where they've got still a lot of talent left, and I think this is a home run if this happens, and that's Kayvon Thibodeau going to number nine. I think this is definitely a fall for him. I just think, you know, I, I didn't feel like he fit in in necessarily some of the other spots and in so, some of the other teams. Obviously, I think the Jets would be uh, ecstatic to get him at number 10 or even number four. I could see the Jets picking him. And like you said, I could see Houston picking him at three. But I think Seattle just selects the edge rusher. They're so desperate for him. I mean, Seattle, I mean, I was just looking at the roster when you're constructing this. I mean, it is just a total nightmare. I mean, they really do not have many positions filled out. This is a team so far from contention. And Kayvon Thibodeau is the right start. You've got to build on the lines. And, and this team's just got to get all their picks back because, you know, obviously the Russell Wilson trade gave them, fortunately, a lot of draft, draft capital. But that Jamal Adams trade and, and other trades have cost them a lot of their picks. So this is just building back their young core. Kayvon Thibodeau, great pick. And for the New York Jets, I agree. This is a team that needs playmakers. And this is where I have Drake London going. I think this is a home run for the Jets. I think they need to absolutely take a wide receiver here. I think they do have some good guys. I mean, I do like, uh, you know, Elijah Moore. I think he's got a lot of young talent. I think Corey Davis is, you know, a solid player. I don't think he's probably worth, um, you know, he's not a number one, but I think Drake London's got number one potential. And obviously Braxton Berrios, they do have there who they do like lining up as, um, and he's a great special teamer. Um, but yeah, I think Drake London's the pick there. And do you want me to just go with my next slide here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So number 11, Washington. Obviously, um, you know, this is a team that since they've traded for Carson Wentz, they're, they're not going to take a quarterback here. They have that full salary. Um, and I think this is the team that that desperately could use a quarterback. So this is where I have a mod sauce gardener going to. Um, I think he's a, a really talented player. Um, I think he could really be an elite corner in the NFL. And I think for Washington, I mean, this team just needs some help um, in that secondary. I think, I think this you know, this is a team that really could use a wide receiver too. Um, it's just unfortunate because this is a potential championship, not championship, but a potential, you know, serious playoff contender roster just outside of the quarterback position, which really, you know, hinders them and, and makes it hard for them to compete. I mean, they've got a lot of good players. I think Sauce Gardner here really would help though this defense, the secondary, which has definitely been the weak spot of this defense for uh, recent years. Minnesota desperately needs a corner as well. And I think they would be ecstatic here to land Derek Stingley Jr. I think Derek Stingley, I mean, he definitely, since that freshman season, um, you know, has, has struggled and his stock has dropped. I think at the beginning of the year, he was considered, you know, top five pick. That's not the case anymore, obviously, but I still think he's got it in him. I think he can be a really good player. And I think Minnesota here, I mean, they've drafted, I, I think I was reading something that they've drafted four first round corners since 2013 or something like that. Um, and it really hasn't worked out too well for them. I think it's a great pick. And Minnesota is a team that offensively, they do have a lot of the pieces in place. They have a, a decent O-line and some really good weapons there. So I think Derek Stingley can help this defense. And, uh, you know, they improved a lot. They got, you know, Zadarius Smith. That was a great signing for them. So 
excited to see what Minnesota can do. Um, number 13, Houston's second pick. And I agree with you. This is a team that desperately needs a defensive end. And I think Jermaine Johnson is, is, I mean, this is just, if this team, if this Houston team could get a Kem Iquanu and Jermaine Johnson, I mean, talk about a home run and, and what a start to that rebuild. I mean, this would just be sensational for them. I think Jermaine Johnson, like you said, is a player who probably will end up going higher than this. He's a superstar. Um, you know, with the Thibodeau drop, though, for me, I, it drops Jermaine Johnson to 13 for Houston. So um, very, very good player. And, you know, I think a home run pick here. Number 14, Baltimore. Um, you know, I was tempted to go wide receiver here. I was tempted to go for like a Chris Olave here. I was very tempted to go for Jordan Davis, which I had mocked to them in the past. But I think this team so desperately needs a center. And Tyler Linderbaum, one of the best prospects at this position in recent memory, is going to be there. And, man, they, they just got to take him here. I mean, this is just a, a, a perfect pick. They get a franchise center um, for a team that, you know, lost Bradley Bozeman in the offseason, who's, you know, a, a good center, but he's nothing special. So this would give them, you know, just a, a perfect rock in the center of that O-line. And lastly, the first of your Philadelphia Eagles draft picks. Um, and I think this is the pick where they go for Chris Olave. I think pairing Olave and Devonta Smith really sets up, you know, Jalen Hurts for the season. It really seems like they're not satisfied with Jalen Hurts. So, and I know there's definitely been rumblings of them potentially moving these picks to gain draft capital, draft a QB next year, um, which maybe you'll have a trade, but um, I don't, I have them taking three prospects and I think they could really, you know, with the board available, I think they could really hit it out of the park with some of these, some of these players and really set themselves up for success. And Chris Olave for me is the start of that. I think he's a fantastic wide receiver. And I think, I think the Eagles at wide receiver just cannot get cute with it. I think they've tried to get cute with some of these players, try and get some of these guys who have some nice intangibles. I think they just need to take the best wide receiver on the board who's succeeded in college and been a superstar. And to me, that's Chris Olave at this pick. Uh, uh, I kind of want to revise one of my picks, to be honest. <laughs> All um, right, you can, I'll give you a, a reviser if you want. I'm going to swat. I kind of just realized that I left Evan Neal there. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to swap out Malik Willis with Evan Neal, to be honest. Okay. All right. So Malik Willis is still on the board, everybody. You just didn't uh can you go back or no? I believe, yeah. If I reload it, I can do it really quickly. If you yeah, want me you to just do that so it looks good and it's not a pain. Yeah. Let me stop share real quick. Yeah, you're good. Do you wanna talk about your next picks if you want to do that? And then I can just keep talking about it if you want. Here, I'm gonna I can run I actually have to run in the bathroom real quick. So let me go do that and then yeah. we can right, just pick see. up from if you want to have your your thing, you'll probably have it loaded up when I'm back, I'm sure. Yeah, no, it'll be good. Okay, sounds good. I'll be back in a sec. Let's Tron Walker, Kyle Hamilton. Good. Yeah, ready to go. All right. 
Sounds good. Everything's good to go. And you can, you're, I mean, you're just edit that out. Is that like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going right, to, my, my bad, my bad, by the way. You're good. My bad. All right. So, agree. I think Washington is definitely going to take a corner here. So, I'm going to go, uh, with Sauce Gardner, and I think it's a dream for them if he makes it to 11, to be honest. I think it's almost guaranteed. And I'm also going to go another quarterback here. I'm going to a little different. I'm going to go with Trent McDuffie at 12. Uh, he's another guy who's, who's been a fast riser up draft boards for sure. Um, and, yeah, so uh, I'm going to go with them. And, unfortunately, it doesn't – You got to trade? It does, I got to trade, but it doesn't allow me to trade because they're making me pay uh, But But I'm actually – I have the bills coming up to get Jordan Davis here. Huh? Yeah. I think they want an interior lineman badly. And I think they're going to come up to get one. And I think that makes him scary. I got to say, it makes him quite scary. Um, wow. So I, I, I got the, I, I, I got to just, that, that's the Buffalo bills right there, guys. It's, okay. the, it's the Buffalo bills. Um, and then I got, I, I got back to back Georgia picks here. Uh, to be honest with you, I got Devontae Wyatt. I think they're going to go D line. I think it's pretty pretty clear at this point. The the Ravens. I I, I think they're going D line here. Um, I don't know. So Eagles really have a dream scenario here. I think, um, and I think Chris Olave. I actually agree with you. Is going to be the first one off the board uh, in terms of who the Eagles are going to go for. And then I've got them going with Devin Lloyd. I know they just they did just sign Kaiser White uh, to take to, to play linebacker for five million, but I think this is we need another one, and I think Howie needs to spend some draft capital. And I think this is the year he's he's going to do it on a linebacker, even though he's been, you know, I would say reluctant in the past is is even an understatement. Um, and I, I do think. Uh, I I'm really, I, I think the Raven, the, the chargers are really mad here because you know, a, a lot of what they've wanted, they, they, they want an IDL. That's what they want. They, that's what they want. They got, they signed one in free agency, but I think that's what they need. And there's really not many left here. Um, and so I, I think, <clears throat> sorry, what I'm going to go with here, Jesus Christ. I like, Something stuck in my throat is I think they're going to take an offensive lineman actually, uh, and I think they're going to go with Tyler on their bomb here. And I think, like you said, even with Corey Lindsley, they did fucking sign Corey Lindsley, <laughs> dude. Jesus, I'm losing it. I'm losing my mind here with this mock draft. I've, I've, <laughs> I'm staring at, I've been staring at prospects for too long. Yeah. All right. I'll take Linderbaum there. Whatever. We're, we're not going to go. He can play go. guard though. Yeah, he can. He can. And I think it's possible. And then I think the Saints are going quarterback here. And I don't think it, I don't think there's a doubt in my mind. And I'm going to, I think there's been a lot of talk about this to a two year deal. Yeah. I, I regardless, I think okay. uh, I, I, I got them taking the quarterback here. Um, and I think there's been a t- lot of talk about them and Kenny Pickett. Uh, and I think that's who they're going to go with here. And then the Eagles here are going to make a pick that I'm not going to be too fond of, but I think it's going to be from Minnesota. And he's another guy who is extremely raw. Um, yeah, uh, I think it'll be. Derek Stingley to pick 20 and Charles Cross. Wow. And Malik Willis. Yeah. I don't, I just don't, who's going to take these guys? Who are they going to, I just, I don't see like, so I, I don't know. It's, 
Yeah, I don't know, Griff. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, the Steelers pick, I think. I think I know what yeah. you're going there. What do you think, Griff? Where, where am I going here? Well, it seemed like you were going to Stingley there. No, I am going to Stingley. I am going uh-huh. to Stingley. This is if – I think he's going to slide badly. I do. I actually am going to stick by the Stingley thing. Um, I think he's going to slide, and they need a corner, and they're going to take him. And, yeah, I think – I'm actually I'm sticking behind the Derek Stingley slide, so right. yeah, I like it. Yeah, all right. It's funny. I mean, you were the guy a few a week or so or two ago. No, you were listen, saying, you know, I, it's a quarterback league. I'm just saying, this I is- don't think. Look, I don't think that. Like, I just think, to be honest, I I, I don't know. I I think, like, I, I'm I'm doing you know predictive I'm trying to predict. I think Derek Stingley personally is the best corner prospect in the draft does that mean he's going to get picked first no but i agree we'll see uh so philly i actually am the same here with you i think they'll take devin lloyd as well i think devin lloyd's a sensational player i think this is a home run pick um and i think you know they need help at linebacker regardless of you know the the bum they just signed um you know he he can be a filler for a year (laughs) but i mean come on that's That's great that's that's how uh you know that's how that's how you just don't compete is by satisfying you know not taking an elite player at the position because you just signed a you know placeholder for a season. You got to take Devin Lloyd here. He's a great player. I actually don't even remember who I took here. I'm very curious to see. And I went with Trevor Penning here finally to the Chargers, um, which makes sense. I mean, Trevor Penning is a, a stud. Um, I agree with you. I think he's a good player. I just think at this point, like kind of you've had with Charles Cross, like he, he's just in a spot where no team's going to take him for a little bit and he just falls. Um, so that's my tackle who slides a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I think the Chargers definitely could use a right tackle. I believe they released Brian Bulaga. So, uh, you know, pairing Penning with Slater and Lindsley on that little line is just, I mean, setting Justin Herbert up for, I mean, so many years of success. And, you know, I got the New Orleans Saints here. I don't think they're going to take a quarterback, if I'm being honest. I think that the New Orleans Saints are uh, in a spot where they're not going to go QB. I think they signed Jameis and I think that's what they're going to devote the position to. I think they're going to go with Jordan Davis here. They desperately need an interior O lineman. And I think at this spot, you can't resist a player like Jordan Davis. I think he's just so good. And I think it's a great pick for the saints. Number 19 back to your Philly Eagles. I believe they really need a guard and I think they'll take the best guard in my opinion. And Kenyon green. Um, really? You think they need, you think, you think they're going to take a guard? I think they're, I mean, who are their guards right now? They have Landon Dick, uh, uh, Dickinson, who, Dickerson, who they love, who they took in the second round. He was great last year. He played it all. He well, was, who's their other guard, though? Uh, Herbig or Brandon Brooks. They'll play. You know, he retired, though. Oh, yeah, he did retire. Yeah. Or, or, right. But they have Nate Herbig, who they like, too. He's only 24. Yeah, well, Kenyon Green. This thing is I'm going with Kenyon Green, man. I think that, uh, I mean, Howie's always up to some stuff. You've got them taking yes. some bum, bummy edge rusher stuff. So. I'm going to stick with Kenyon Green here. I think uh, you can always in, use O-linemen, and I think with three first-round picks, Philly Philly should take one, um, especially with Jason Kelsey retiring. I mean, Dickerson played center in college, I believe, as well for Alabama, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. I think they want, to keep, they want to keep him at left guard. Yeah, they but I'm to, saying, you know, he's a guy who's played uh, center, and you, you can get Kenyon Green, and, and that works itself you're out right, here. You're so. right, you're right. You're I'm right. gonna go with Kenyon Green, New York Giants, who now will pick here because of the Pittsburgh trade. Um, uh, yes, and I have them with this pick going with Devontae Wyatt, interior D line. Um, I mean, this is another stud from Georgia. I think they're. I mean, that D line is just three first round picks. It's, it's insanity. Um, 
Giants could use that for sure. And, uh, you know, with my last picks, I have, uh, I'll talk about my first five and then I'll, I'll flip it to you. I have it all on one screen though. I think 21 New England will go with Trent McDuffie. I think he's a guy who you have high up. I think a lot of people really like him. I think he just kind of falls in this spot. I think he's a good player. Um, a very good player. And I think in New England, he'll replace JC Jackson, really succeed. Number 22, I, I got Green Bay. I think they'll go Jamison Williams. They need a difference maker, a wide receiver after losing Devontae Adams. And they've got time is the thing. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is, you know, he signed a three-year extension. They can kind of afford to miss a little bit of the season with Williams and work on him. So I think this is a home run pick for them. Arizona, I think, could use a corner. I'll go Andrew Booth here. Dallas, I think, could use a tackle or not a tackle, a guard. Um, you know, they do have Zach Martin, but that other spot is, is kind of weak and they also, you know, they just need an O-line in my mind. So Zion Johnson, why not? And Buffalo, I think, needs an offensive tackle to pair with Dion, Dion Dawkins, Bernard Raymond. Why not? Um, yeah. All right. I will share mine. Um, sorry. This is the part of the draft, though, where it becomes like a total crapshoot. It is yeah. the thing, the end of the draft. I mean, it's... All right. um, I think that the New England Patriots are definitely going to take... Uh, an inside an interior lineman here um after losing check that's a good pick uh and they're gonna go with zion johnson from uh from new england or, or from boston college rather makes sense he's close local guy yeah. so yeah i'm gonna take them and then i think the next two picks are almost guaranteed to be wide receivers um that i think the Green Bay packers are going to take jameson williams here um and i have the cardinals taking Traylon burks uh, if i could find them for god's sakes sorry Oh my god, they have them soloed down. Yeah. Um, and then I have the Cowboys. If Carlaftis falls to them, Cowboys are taking Carlaftis in my estimation. So I have the Texans with this pick hypothetically because I traded up. And obviously, if this happens, which it won't, because I kind of uh <laughs> about him. Um Charles Cross at 25. Yeah, Charles Cross to the Texans, which might even happen earlier in the draft, to be honest with you. <laughs> and Malik Willis is still there too. Jeez, uh, you know what? What do I know? Uh, Jahan Dodson to the Texans, I think, or to the Titans, rather. I like a lot. Um, yeah, and I'll take Andrew Booth here to the to the. I don't, I don't know where to put. I kind of just forgot about him, so I don't like. You know what I mean? (laughs) You had him at six. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. You had him at six, and now he's at twenty-eight. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. You next mock draft, you're doing, you're figuring it out ahead of time, and you're having your order. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Oh my All god, right, I got. I'll take. Uh, I'm gonna. Go, I agree, or I'll, I'll go with the Ojabo pick here, um, too. And I think they have to go wide receiver here, and I think Christian Watson is gonna be the pick. If I could find him, Christian Watson, I think is gonna be the pick out of North Dakota State. Another guy who's been a really rapid riser. And uh, yeah, uh, and I'm gonna go. It's funny enough, he's right here with a really, really unconventional pick, but they need an edge. Um, and he's a Penn State guy, uh, Arnold um, Ebikiti, and I think he's like all these guys. Like once it gets to the end of the first round, are like guys that were like either at the top of the draft boards three months ago, or they were three, or they were third round picks. And these, this is another guy who's been an extremely fast riser. So I'm gonna go. Uh, with him for the for the Chiefs here. Yeah. You just finished the draft. You got two more picks. Just finish. Yeah. Um I think Malik. Malik's gonna be a lion, man. Yeah, he is. Malik's gonna be a <laughs> lion. Maybe not here. 
but I I think uh, I wouldn't be surprised with uh, any pick to help to, for secondary reinforcements. Even though with a great, even though they do have a great secondary, they've really spent a ton of money on that O line, and for that reason, I don't think they're going to address it through the draft. So I'm going to go with Kyrie Lam from from Florida here uh, to, to play corner. I think he's a re- this is a really deep cornerback draft. Yeah. Um, this is never. This will never happen. It might happen at the top of the <laughs> draft, but we have Malik here. So Malik this is the at thirty-two. Wow. This is Alrighty. This is this is going to happen, guys. I mean, if this if this happens, I think. No, I mean, I I I do like you know. I think that top three is pretty much going to be what it's what it looks like on draft night. Either Iquana or or uh, Thibodeau, I think. Could be could be at three though. So those top, yeah. I, I like those top two though. So yeah. All right. To close out my uh, my mock draft. Wow, it's already five fifty. This episode's going late. It's okay. Awesome. It's a good it episode. Took us, it took us right to the twenty. I know. Uh, twenty six. I think Tennessee, to be honest, needs a D tackle. I'm gonna go with Demarvin Leal from Texas A&M. I don't know. Just like it. Uh, Tampa Bay. I think we'll go uh, George Karlafitis. Um, you know, I think Dallas could use him. I, I, I mean, I don't know, man. Dallas has got some good adversaries already. I mean, they did sign Dante Fowler, which makes me hesitant to go with Carlapidus, but I'm going to go with him to Tampa Bay. I think Kenny Pickett, uh, I think Seattle will trade up here with the Green Bay Packers, okay. and I think they're going to select Kenny Pickett here. Um, you know, I, I think he's a great quarterback. He's The thing is, we're, we're both idiots in that these quarterbacks are going to go early in the draft. It's just the nature of the position. Um, yeah, no, I agree. You know, Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett, these guys both both might end up going top 10. Just that, But the the thing that makes me hesitant, I feel like a lot of teams have their quarterback situation sorted out for the season. Like, I feel like there's not that many teams that necessarily need a quarterback right now or want, like, for instance, the Houston Texans, bad team, but Davis Mills, like, they're going to try him out, so they're not going to take a quarterback. Yeah. The Lions, I mean, the Lions will take a quarterback at some point, most likely. Seattle could use a quarterback, but... Carolina might and, and I'm Pittsburgh just, might, but that's like really yeah. the only teams I, I see going with the quarterback in this position. I mean, there's just a lot of people who that, that's the thing because five quarterbacks last year win the first round. So that's yeah. five, five yeah. teams who are still in, I, you know, they're not moving on yet. I think also the fact that like, I don't think, I think we reflected in our draft position for them. I think obviously I had Malik's falling too far, but like, I don't think these guys are like game breaking. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I just don't think you have even a Justin Fields caliber of prospect in this draft. I really don't. Um, or Zach Wilson caliber of prospect. I think, like, those guys would be – the the Jackson, Jacksonville would be having a bidding war at one if that guy existed in this draft. Simple as. Or next year's draft. I mean, if that's yeah. C.J. Stroud or, or Bryce Young. I mean, Yeah, absolutely. C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young next year are going number one and two without a question, I think. Without a question. Um, I think those two guys are, like – Young and Stroud are the real deal. These guys, yeah. these, those guys are. I really want the Eagles to get one of them because Hertz isn't good enough. That's sorry, my uh, my uh, that's, that's the crazy the NFL right. This is the greatest quarterbacking we've ever seen, and if, yeah. if team and if that's what that's why like a team like the Cleveland Browns realize like Baker Mayfield's obviously been there for four years, but they realize like this guy is not good enough in this day and age to win a Super Bowl, and they yeah. went out and got a guy that is and. and I think we're going to start seeing, and I think like teams like the Eagles and the Dolphins right now are, are they got to see, like, I don't, I agree. I don't think Jalen Hurts can win a, a Super Bowl in, in this day and age. Like if you put even Nick Foles is that magical Eagles year 
I don't think the Philadelphia Eagles could have won the Super Bowl in this day and age of, of quarterbacking with Nick Foles starting. Well, the, issue, the thing with that, though, I mean, look that, at the look at the but the thing with that, though, quarterbacks they, in the they, final. They played, that year they played case. the great. I understand, but Tom Brady put up arguably the greatest Super Bowl performance of all yes. time at any quarterback: five hundred five yards, three touchdowns, and they still beat him. So, I, I agree with the sentiment about Nick Foles being the starter. I think the issue is like Nick Foles turned into Joe Montana mixed with Tom Brady for two. That's games. true. That's like, fair. I, but I agree. I completely agree with the sentiment that in today. And even then, you need an elite quarterback to win, or you need a player playing like an elite quarterback to win, yeah. I guess. It's, it's, but even, I mean, that year, you had Blake Bortles, Tom yeah. Brady, Case Keenum, and Nick Foles as the final yeah, four. That Jags team, the Jags should have beaten them, too. That's the crazy they thing. They were winning. That's the crazy thing. I mean, it, that Miles Jack, those teams Miles obviously Jack had, had a lot of down? good things about other. Those teams had a lot of good things yeah. otherwise, but I mean, just the day and age of the quarterback now. I mean, it's just insane. Uh, but moving on, I'll go Kansas City. I think David Ajabo. I mean, this is just – if this happens, what a home run for Kansas City, man. I mean, they might even trade up, I think, to get him. At, you know, they could trade up as early as, I think, 2021. I mean, I, I think this team would be in a home run position to get him. And I, I've heard – I put Sky Moore here. Um, I'll be honest, I don't know much about Sky Moore. I've just heard a lot of Sky Moore in the Chiefs. So I was kind of like – Let's do it. Sky Moore, you're you're, you're a Kansas City Chief. <laughs> 31. Um, I agree with – I mean, you went you went Kyrie Alem. I was definitely thinking about him. I'm going to go Roger McCreary. Um, to be honest, I, I don't even remember where he went to college, but just reading about him, I think that, you know, this is a guy who uh, a lot of people like. And, you know, I, I think the Bengals will go with Mr. McCreary. And uh, Detroit, I think – I think 32 is a pretty safe pick for a quarterback or – with their early right. second pick, because obviously the Jags aren't going to take a quarterback at, uh, you know, start of the second round. Um, but I, I'll, I'll go with Matt Corral here to the Lions. I, I mean, I, Matt Corral, I don't think he's good enough to do much in the NFL, to be honest. I think he's fine. Um, so maybe the Lions trade up for a Malik Willis or even take him at two. I mean, this draft is so weird with the quarterbacks because just none of these guys I just see as got. I mean, the weird thing is like outside of Kenny Pickett, like, I mean, I guess Matt, Matt Corral had a good year this year and they played well, but like these guys are not like, they haven't won really in the, in, in college. Like they haven't been on. Uh, yeah. And it's not even that they haven't won. Like there are good quarterbacks that don't win like Josh Allen, but like they haven't even shown anything against top level teams at all. Yeah. Like when Malik played against sec competition, I get that his coaching staff is not the part. And I understand that the players that he's playing with are up to par, but he was bad against those sec against that sec competition. I don't know. It worries me a little bit, but listen, this is a very, Tough draft to predict. I mean, I, I have no idea when these quarterbacks are going to start going. I have no idea. I mean, I, I can see a situation where there's no quarterbacks in the top 10, and I could see a situation where we see two quarterbacks in the top five because of trade-ups and stuff. Yeah, agreed. I mean, if Detroit and Carolina just say screwed and go quarterback, I mean, Matt Corral could be in the top 15. I mean, who knows? Yeah, no, it's true. Maybe Matt I mean, Corral's it, taking over Kenny Pickett at the end of the day. I mean, it's crazy. Like Matt Corral could be the first quarterback off the board. Yeah, he could be. I don't think any of the – I really don't understand the Malik Willis hype. I got to be honest. You know who I think is the best quarterback in this draft? Can you guess? Can you take a guess? Is it one of the three guys we're talking about or no? No, it's Sam not. Sam Howell? No. Who are you talking about? Desmond Ritter, bro. Trust really? <laughs> Trust me. Trust me. This man is going to have a solid Derek Carr type <laughs> of career. Trust me, bro. He's going to – I mean – that's a guy that the Lions that, – that's a guy that's a very popular pick for the Lions at 32 from what I've seen. 
I'm just trying to think about where these quarterbacks are going to go because, I mean, I'm looking at what teams are going to take quarterbacks in this draft. Like, I think the Lions are going to come away with the quarterback. Pittsburgh. New Orleans. New Orleans. You would think. I understand they signed that Jameis contract. Maybe in the second. I think in the second or third round, I would agree they come out with with the quarterback. Um, I mean, now we're just talking. I mean, this is so funny. Um, All right. You know, we'll probably continue this conversation for a few minutes after there, but this has been a long episode. So with that, I'm going to wrap this one up. Um, That'll do it for this week's episode of Outside the Arena. Thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, Follow us on uh, Instagram at Outside the Arena Podcast. Follow us both on Instagram. That will be in the description. And with that, uh, I think, honestly, next week we're going to do – we'll do some tournament stuff. We're going to start really previewing the MLB. We'll talk a lot of MLB. And I think we'll honestly probably do another mock draft. Either, yeah, maybe we'll do another mock draft probably next week. Yeah, for sure. sure. Um, We're getting close to the draft. So with that, that will do it for this week's episode. Thank you guys so much for watching, and uh, we'll see you all next week.